some young voices for you. Elena Ashburn and Matthew O. always found themselves moving. As children of military members, their lives are in constant flux, and adapting to a new home was never easy. Still not quite adults, the duo decided it was time to bring together other children whose parents are in the military. They built a community called Bloom, where they could express their ideas and generally commiserate. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni spoke with O.N. Ashburn. I'm a senior in high school. I'm almost 18 years old, like a couple more days. Um, and uh, currently my family is stationed in South Florida because my dad works at Southcom. I'm Matthew O. Oh. I'm 17 years old. I uh, live at Camp Humphrey, South Korea. I'm also a senior in high school. Um, and I'm also an Army brat. The first thing I'd like to ask you is just to explain a little bit about Bloom, what it does, and basically the mission statement is and those sorts of things. Sure. Uh, Bloom is an organization uh, by military teens for military teens. Um, we started in April 2020 with the goal to really just amplify um, and share the voice of the military teen through content creation. Um, so that started off as uh, mostly in the form of blog posts, but we've since expanded um, to do videos, social media outreach, and now we're doing a little bit of advocacy. So our goal is to empower and inspire and really just connect military teens all around the world who may be feeling like uh, they're isolated or don't, or people around them don't know what they're going through. This is where they can come together. And uh, tell me a bit about how this uh, idea came about. You know, what were you going through, or, you know, each of you as teens whose parents are in the military, and what uh, sort of challenges do you have that might be different than civilian teenagers? We both met each other in our freshman year of high school in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. We were both stationed at the Army War College there, which is a super, super short um, duty station. It's only about 10 months long. Um, but we both really grew to love the school and our friends and the community and all of the opportunities we were provided there. For both of us, moving away was really, really hard. Um, personally, I can say I my mental health really took a dive. I had moved a bunch of times before, as most military kids have. But this one in particular was just hard. <laughs> this one was like, especially hard, I think, because it was the first time I felt like I had a community and like a sense of home. And, you know, leaving that is is super hard. And I just remember, I, I was struggling. And, and I just remember thinking, like, what is this all for? If I can't like help people with it? Like, why am I going through all this? Why? Why do we continue to do this year after year after year? Um, and suffer alone? when we could reach out and become more of a community and, and lift up each other and support each other and help each other. So I sort of like sent a text to Matthew, um, who's on the other side of the world, <laughs> like, hey, this is my thoughts. You know, here's what I'm thinking. How do we build off of this? How do we make something out of this? And then it was about uh, halfway into our sophomore year, I think, that uh, we started working on Bloom. Um, and then the pandemic kind of created the perfect conditions for this to actually uh, take shape. Um, as horrible as the pandemic was, we had tons of free time. We had Zoom come up and 
and everyone just kind of got used to doing things virtually, which is something military kids have been doing for a while um, in different locations. You've been doing this for about a year and a half now. Um, what sort of things have you have come up for Bloom? What sort of things have you learned from other people? How have you gotten people involved? Um, you know, what are some of the highlights that have happened over these uh, 18 months? For me, the highlight always is, was, and will be just seeing like the real life connections that are being made because of Bloom. The amount of like, I'll never forget the first time in the comments I saw two military teens like talking and like, honestly, like having a discussion about something that was hard. Someone said like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this right now. And someone responded and said, I've been through that. You know, if, if you want to talk about it, my DMS are open and, you know, just seeing, just seeing other military teens get to know each other and, and to form bonds and connect and not just like through bloom, but also like bloom our platform, but also within our bloom team as well. Um, it's just been so wonderful to, to know that we're creating a community where people can feel supported and heard and understood in a lifestyle that can be extremely isolating and difficult. And that, that has always been the most gratifying and amazing part of it for me. In our existence though, we've also published around 160 articles, I think is our 170, 170. 170. I just checked. (laughs) Uh, 170 blog posts for military teams. We collect writing submissions from our community, from people who want to share, and we'll publish those on our site. um, If they're sent to us, we also publish artwork um, from military teens. We have a team of over, I want to say over 30, right? Um, kids or teens. Yeah. Teens around the world. Permanent, um, regular. We have over 1200 Instagram followers, which is one of our big achievements. Um, (laughs) we, we like to engage on social media. Um, we've also worked with, uh, done some collaborations with NMFA. This is our biggest, biggest one right now. Um, we've collaborated with MSEC as well, Military Child Education Coalition. We did a webinar with them. Um, we spoke at their education summit along with people like Jill Biden and a bunch of other. Uh, Jill Biden was up here. Yeah, Jill Biden was up here. We were way down here. But we can still say that we were at the, we spoke at the same thing as yeah. her. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, we've just been really lucky over the past year and a half to have been granted as many opportunities as we have been like Matthew if you told like sophomore Matthew and Elena like hey by the way in a year and a half you're going to be doing like a press circuit about this research you're about to publish with a large organization in the military community we would have thought you were crazy um and it's like we're it's so it we're so lucky to have you know been given the opportunities that we have and to have made such an impact and it's literally crazy and awesome and amazing elena ashburn and matthew o co-founders of bloom speaking with federal news network scott Massioni. tune in tomorrow to see how they're teaming up with long-established military organizations to better life for military families and check out scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including commander, 
Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, It's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin and what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from sea to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me, and I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day, and I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop, and he would focus on me, and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, And I I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it it was, you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, Absolutely. Um, What I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean 
And you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance in some cases and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy, and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy, and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing, if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is, is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler, and to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, 
it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.